Before beginning this conversation, I want to acknowledge that it's being recorded on stolen Wadawurrung country. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Hey team, welcome back to the podcast. We're on to episode two of season three of Create Your Life. Um, just doing a quick check-in with how you guys are first before we have some big chats. Um, if you haven't had a moment this week to just pause and have a breath and take a moment to yourself, just take one moment to do that for you. I am heading in for a big vulnerable chat today, so maybe the breath is even for me. Um, I know I took a big deep breath before I hopped on this one. Um, I have had this written in my notes for so long, this podcast episode, and I've had many chats with people outside of the podcast on this topic. Um, But the reason that it feels so vulnerable for me to share it, I think, is because it's like a baby topic in my head, not an actual baby like it's a newly formed it's some newly formed thoughts and learnings that I have gained over time and when I when I learn about these things and as I navigate these things I love to share them with you and I just love hearing that you guys um when you guys resonate or if there's something that you've been able to take from it um and I think that this one is a really a really common thread between us all and Yeah, I think it's definitely something that we can all resonate with, but I don't know if we're necessarily talking about it a lot. Um, And yeah, I'm just going to dive straight in. What I want to talk to you guys about is being single. (laughs) Um, I think that the reason I am feeling... I think the reason it feels big to have this conversation with you guys is because it is so natural to me to want to talk about love. And I I also think on that note that we are going to be talking about love today, um, but maybe just in a different way. I think that a lot of us are brought up dreaming of love and getting over love and breaking over love and being blissfully in love. And I think that what can happen is that we get caught in patterns or traps or stories. Um, We can get stuck in our own shit. We can really lead ourselves blindly into situations. Um, And these things happen all the time, right? We see them in the movies and in books and where we see these, you know, these kids who grow up and have these wounds from their childhood um, get mixed with the wounds of someone else in from their childhood. And we can see where um, as young people, we are playing that out in our adult life. So we all have 
an inner child within us and we all have that young person that you know at a baseline level deserves love and craves love and um deserves and you know needs acceptance and validation and I think that yeah quite often we can miss these opportunities to get to know ourselves um and we can almost want to skip through the part that leads to so much self-awareness and so much self-knowing and um, resilience and acceptance and it's really quite um, yeah I guess the way that I grew up doing that is quite phenomenal to look back on Um, when I found myself single at 25 I looked back and was like fuck I have been doing this relationship thing for 15 no 10 years straight and I imagine that there's lots of people listening who are in the same boat um we can we can look back and see where we have always had a great love always been a little bit fucked up from love or we've been breaking up from love or crushing or falling in love um or being in love and I think that quite often if we maintain this pattern we can end up in this uncomfortable place when we're on our own and a really large amount of the issues that we experience can come from our inability to to be on our own not just in a general sense but be physically alone in a room with ourselves with our thoughts and our emotions and um, the sensations that that brings up in our body So I am going to be talking through a lot of this today, Um, but really what it is is the the lessons that I've learned while being on my own. Um, And this is not coming from my therapist perspective. This is not coming from a big um, holier-than-thou perspective where I have then met uh, the love of my life and it's all hunky-dory it's coming from a place of just real talk of what I have observed and noticed in myself um, and feel really proud of and feel really grateful for and I don't think I've ever well I haven't ever been in the position where I've actually stopped um, and looked back at what I've learned on my own um, you know let alone being alone so I yeah, I just want to have a chat to you guys about that. And I want to acknowledge that I find it um, a little, I think the conversation has become easier, but I remember when I was first on my own and even like the first year of being on my own, because I've been doing this whole like exploring myself thing for two years now. Um, I remember thinking, fuck, it's so weird to talk about being on your own (laughs) Um, because I've just always thrived off thinking about love and, um, yeah, I definitely have this inner romantic dreamer in me um, that has the capacity for so much love. And so I think that um, the way that I did things for 10 years really reflected that 
but it wasn't necessarily done with a whole lot of discernment or self-worth or boundaries or awareness. Um, and I think I, well, I did, I took myself to some pretty extreme places, which relating can take you to, and I'm sure you've experienced the same. Sometimes it feels like you're going fucking crazy, um, with the way relating makes us see ourselves and witness our behaviors and witness behaviors in others and then how that impacts us. And, um, we all know that we can begin to build a bit of a, a baggage collection, a chip on our shoulder, um, and some wounds that we might carry along with us. And that's definitely what I, the place that I had come to when I realized that I needed a good few years to be on my own. Um, but I just acknowledged that, yeah, it was a weird conversation to even have out loud when I was talking about it. Cause I was like, Oh, but I love love. And I remember saying to my friend, it's so weird to be someone who loves love, but is now so scared of love. Um, but knows that she can't let it, uh, she can't push it out forever, but knows that she can't let it in too soon. Um, <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's a bit of a mind fuck for lack of a better word. Um, what I can say though, is that with time, it has become less of that mind fuckery and more of a curiosity and interest. And I know that sounds like a cliche to witness yourself and observe yourself, but I really did get the distance I needed to witness how I relate to myself, to others, how I connect to myself and to others and, and also to the world. And I think that that's been a huge, a huge part of all of this is coming to terms with some of the things that are an ingrained pattern in me, um, and, and same with the others. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a, I guess a look at what we're going to um, sort of touch on today, just so you know where we're headed. Um, and yeah, I just also want to preface this by saying that this is only my experience. Um, but if you resonate with some of this, I know that there are people who are navigating single life at the moment who listen to this podcast. If you resonate, that's my job done. <laughs> If it feels like there's another person out there in the world who has felt what you felt before and understands your thoughts and your feelings on this, um, then yeah, my work is done. So we're going to have a chat about how being on your own can allow you to observe your own thoughts and your feelings when they're not being influenced by someone else, um, develop your, the strength of your voice develop your own personal strength within yourself. Um, I also got to know my attachment styles, how I can show up in relationships when I'm in stress. And then also I got to know how others can show up too. And that's been really great for me to know. Um, so I'm going to have a little bit of a chat about that. Um, I also want to have a chat about intuition and trusting your gut feeling and actually being able to recognize what you're 
intuition and gut feeling is. I'm going to speak on forgiveness and supporting yourself, self-soothing yourself and being your own safe place instead of trying to build this like rickety old shack in someone else as a way to try and stay safe in the world. Um, Looking at saying no, understanding your responsibility for yourself, but not for others. And yeah, we're going to be talking through a fair few other things as well, but that's a bit of a direction um, that we're headed today. And yeah, I'm really, really excited slash feeling really vulnerable um, having the conversation. So they tend to be the ones that I end up really loving and feeling really um, stoked that I got it out in the open. I don't know if you guys do the same, but after I have the big conversations, I'm like, "Mm, yes, mama, you did it. It had to happen. And the feeling like the lightness feels so yummy afterwards. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go through, I think I haven't even counted. It's probably like 20 things I've learned since being on my own. I hope they resonate. Let me know if they do. I love getting your messages. It's the best part about the podcast. Okay. So what I, a big part of being on my own, um, has been, and this sound might sound really simple and silly, but has been tuning into what my thoughts are and what my feelings are about something. Because when you are relating, like we're social creatures, when we're relating, we can be influenced by others. Um, and it can be very, very subtle and we might not notice it. And I think what I've really noticed is where I've been able to take a step back and, you know, maybe tune into a conversation, go, okay, yeah, this is what I'm thinking and not hop straight in the car with my partner and debrief and hear what they're thinking and think, oh, maybe, you know, maybe that's a good point. I really have come to terms with my own values and morals um, at a core and can feel, and this comes into gut instinct as well, can feel what feels right. And I can hear this like, yes, no thing going on in my mind as well. And I think having that awareness can seem like a given, but I don't know if you guys have been in the situation where you look back and you're like, that's I don't want to fucking do that. (laughs) That's not what I wanted to do or what I wanted to say or, you know, even the way I reflected on it wasn't how, wasn't at my core how I want to reflect on things. And I think that's what I, that's the first gem that I have gained from being on my own is that I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings and a lot of things that I want to do and say and be. Um, And it's a fucking waste to be drowned out by the, the input or influence of others. And that is not saying that in these beautiful connections that we can have in relationships that we, we always are drowned out and that it is not worth integrating someone else's thoughts and feelings into your own and I guess um, coming to a place of acceptance for them as you know their thoughts and feelings but 
I do think that when you have the tendency to lose, you know, lose your ground a little bit, lose your sense of self. Um, and this is making it all seem very dramatic. This is not, I have not been fully, you know, like Liz Gilbert on Eat, Pray, Love, where she says I'm the permeable, permeable membrane and she is completely absorbed into someone else. Um, you know, their interests and their, their habits and all of those sort of things. It's for me, it's not like that. It's a subtle distancing from myself and a subtle distancing from like this really fierce strength that I have and this temptation to just be softer and sweeter and cuter, um, to be more, I hate this word. It's like permeable membrane for me, palliatable. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm not going to be able to get that right, but hopefully you know what I mean. To be easier to like digest, to be easier to take. Um, I It's a subtle one for me to go, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I guess they, that's what they meant. Um, and yeah, being on my own has made me go, there's your fucking voice. There's your voice. There's your thoughts. Mm, that's what you're feeling that tightness across your chest, that's what that emotion is. Instead of, um, I guess, watering myself down to be an easier version to um, to get along with. And that is just one of the greatest disservices as well because then they're not even with us. And I think that, I think back on the times where I did all of these things for these other people and um, and let down myself in the process, like did what I needed to to care for them instead of looking at what my own needs were. And yeah, I mean, this comes into our own needs and boundary setting, I guess, uh, which is going to come a little bit later, but that was definitely a huge thing, realizing where regardless of what was going on for me and what I thought and felt, I was showing up for them and just giving myself away a little bit. And it wasn't as if I was changing the way that I worked or changing the way that I spent time with people. It was just in the tiniest of ways where I knew deep down something wasn't right and I still did it anyway. Um, and I think we've all been there. So that's my first one is I actually got to become really intimate with what I think and feel. And then on that note, I developed my voice. Like I remember when I broke up from my most recent relationship without going, I don't want to go into any specific details there, but I remember, um, I just felt like so quiet and like soft, but not like sweet, open, soft, like, oof, anything could like a a thing of wind could blow me away. A thing of wind, a gust of wind could blow me away. And I hated that feeling. I went for like, I don't know, you know, when it's like post breakup, like went for a walk afterwards and I just felt so fragile and I was going, I was on like this really lovely walk this week. I was like, fuck, I feel like I could 
yeah, I don't know. It just felt so strong in myself and so alive. And I just thought back on that day when I had just sort of dissolved into this version of me that I no longer recognized. And yeah, it just reminded me of how, I don't know, my voice was quiet and not just the sound of it, but the way I spoke about myself, the way I thought about things um, and then expressed them, the way I thought about myself, like there were so many different things that were not my voice. And obviously that doesn't just happen in relationships. That's a big part of the process with life. There are so many circumstances where we can lose ourselves and, um, and we need to come back. But I think hearing my voice get stronger over time and you know, even like I started this podcast maybe three months into being on my own, if that <laughs> classic me turning any pain into creativity. But I did, yeah, start to express myself in a way that I hadn't in years. And I was like, where the fuck have you been? Where did you go? Like some of this stuff is fire, babe. Where did you go? Where, where did your voice go? Um, so I think, and I don't know if you've, if you've experienced this before or if you are experiencing it now or feeling like really like worried about it now, um, take the opportunities, no matter how small or big they are to speak up and say what you think and not in the it doesn't have to be in the big confrontational meetings and things like that but just you know when you're with coffee with a friend be like you know and I I just kind of thought that was bullshit or I just really feel like I my gosh there's so many examples of things we can be truthful about I really want to take that trip I really feel like I've had enough of this behavior. I really just don't feel like I can take on this family commitment anymore. Allow yourself to say the things that are you. And obviously coming home to your own voice and figuring out who you are, you know, we can be the realist. But if we are being, sometimes when we, you know, really identify as feeling so real, it can be this persona that we've taken on to be, safe or to feel strong or to feel protected. And I think really coming back to what that even is for you, what is real for you, like what even feels clear and true and like wholesome in your heart is a really important part of the process, but actually voicing that and following through on that is a really special thing and a really big gift when, um, you are when you you're backing yourself um and especially if you've been in a relationship where maybe your voice was taken from you or dampened down a little bit or um undermined or questioned allowing yourself that space to feel stronger in your voice um is a really beautiful thing and I always think too when we skip ahead of this sort of stuff and meet the next person and dive into the next thing, 
we are swapping a body for a body. You know, we haven't necessarily, if we haven't gotten to know ourselves, you know, even just the tiniest bit more, <laughs> it doesn't have to be that you go on this big e pray love adventure and do shadow work and breath work exercises and dredge up all your deepest, darkest shit. But getting to know yourself that little bit more, I think is so important because if we are just swapping out a body and calling in another body and we are going to show up with the same bullshit or, you know, the same wonderful qualities that we have, (laughs) we're not all just bullshit, but if we're showing up with the same um, patterns and the same like behavior of, of lessening ourselves and quietening ourselves and just being there for the other person instead of holding our ground and not using our voice, um, then we're heading for the same, we're heading for the same fall. Maybe not always the fall, but a slow deterioration or a slow quietening of who you are, um, a slow like distancing from you at your core. I think that's something that we can all gift ourselves is the time to get to know who we are and what we want and actually express it. I also developed this, it was like a force field. (laughs) I think because you actually get to hear, because you're getting to know yourself and you hear, you're hearing yourself speak and you're, um, you know, you're doing this like you do you boo thing without it sounding like too, I don't know, like this big healing cliche journey, you really do come to a place of being like, okay, so that's my shit and this is yours. And you can develop this like force field that protects you from people projecting their, their reality onto you. So in relationship, if you aren't necessarily um, certain of um, different aspects, um, like sense of self and self-worth and elements like that, it can be that permeable membrane that I was saying before, you know, that have all of me, I will help you with all of you feeling that like fluidity instead of, okay, this is your shit and this is my shit. And together we're going to create something really cool, but we are not blending into the same person. Um, the awareness that you can develop around what your, what your self is can stop the, um, can stop someone coming into your life and saying, oh, I'm just sensing that you are feeling this or maybe not even sensing like, hey, you're feeling this. Hey, why are you doing this? Hey, da, 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 da. Coming from a place of like understanding and awareness can allow you to go, "Mm, that doesn't feel true for me right now. Actually, I don't feel mad. If you're sensing that I'm feeling mad, there is possibly something deeper going on. Um, I will definitely communicate with you if I'm feeling mad, but at the moment it is possibly your perception of me and you are possibly projecting your own emotions 
onto this situation rather than allowing me to communicate my needs and, um, and communicate the emotions that I'm feeling. You are assuming and projecting your, your assumptions onto me. You can also hold this really steady ground in your identity. And I think that's what I've really loved. I, um, I've become, and with, with this awareness has come this like softening when people, uh, make assumptions about me or misunderstand me. I used to need to know that how someone perceived me is how I truly am, you know, at my core, whether as this awareness has brought this softening to go, Oh, it doesn't fucking matter. You can perceive me how you want to perceive me because at the end of the day, you are projecting your own reality. We all are projecting our own reality and assumptions and personality and values and beliefs onto how we perceive others. But this awareness of, okay, this is where my shit ends and your shit starts has really helped me to go, okay, well, I know myself. I know who I am in this moment, what I'm feeling and thinking and and expressing myself like your perception of that while I can be compassionate for while I can be compassionate for it is not mine to take on your perception of me is not mine to take on and so I do think we I have developed this force field to go oh no that doesn't feel true for me I hear what you're saying it doesn't feel true for me or uh interesting that you think that you can think that if you need to think that, um, but just knowing within myself, okay, that's not how I am. I know this and it's not my responsibility to, to change that perception for you. And I think with that comes a level of self-soothing skill and being able to, to calm yourself and soothe yourself as you let someone make assumptions about you without feeling like you need to correct them. Um, and like people are always going to make assumptions. So just like do the thing, be the person and just give them something really good to talk about. (laughs) Um, so I think on that level too, we can get an understanding of what our baseline is. I don't know if you've been in relationships where it feels like it's up and down a lot, or you're together a lot, or it, um, you know, there isn't that time for solitude to come back to your baseline of a, of like, okay, so I'm feeling calm now. I'm feeling like my life is pretty aligned with what I, you know, morally and values wise see for myself. I can, I'm feeling quite, um, content, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You, you get what I mean. We can understand our baseline And so we sort of have this like blank canvas, I see it. And when we go back out into the world, we can feel how it's painted by other people. And I like that analogy. And we can feel how it's painted by our relationship as well, or relationships that we're, you know, maintaining or the connections that we're maintaining. And I think that that is such a beautiful thing that you can have this baseline level understanding of who you are and how you feel and you can then know okay this isn't 
my energy that I'm picking up on. This isn't my emotion. You can feel when the energy of others or the actions or the words or thoughts of others have impacted you. And you can actually begin to tune into how that feels, Um, which sounds really simple, but we can become a bit of a like, I see it sort of as like a big ocean wave. If we are relating and not taking time to observe ourselves, we can sort of just more of a mixing bowl, actually. I'm really loving my analogies today. More of a mixing bowl of everyone else's stuff and all of the shit going on in your head and da 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 da. It's like, fuck, how do I even feel? <laughs> People are telling me, asking me how I feel. And I'm just in this real mixing bowl of, of things. So I don't even necessarily know how to answer that. So taking the time to find that awareness of understanding what's yours and what's theirs is a really huge gift to give to yourself um, and can also lead into setting really clear boundaries with people to go actually it's not it's not working for me to say it's just in a general sense it's not working for me to see each other three days a week not even in relating this is maybe like with a friend or something like that It's not working for me to see each other three days a week. I'm finding myself really burnt out towards the end of it and I have nothing left for myself and I'm just collapsing in the bath watching Netflix and that's not feeling really good for me. I think what would suit me better is to um, do this, this and this. Um, Please let me know how that sits with you and, um, and we can go forward from there. You know, setting a boundary based on how you know your baseline level you, your calm, content you is being impacted by something else rather than um, just constantly being in the heat of it all and not even knowing where to start, like what the issue is that would need the boundary set. And taking these lessons into relating can show you where you might need to maintain more boundaries when you are in relationship. So if you, I mean, I know that... I will never forget the moments that I have spent alone and felt calm and content with my own company and really fulfilled by my friendships and really um, like my cup is really full in the way that I love myself and the way that I speak to myself. I will never forget this and I don't know if I've ever had that baseline before. Um, But over the last two years, I've developed this understanding of what that means for me. And, And to be able to bring that into a relationship is just going to be so lovely to know that, okay, hey, something's going on here. If obviously it's not always just to do with the relationship, it can be mental health and hormones and different things like that. But hey, something's going on here. I'm feeling a bit out of balance. I'm thinking these things, I'm feeling these things, my body feels like this, I um, am, you know, leaning into this certain pattern that I know I do. Um, For example, say you um, betray your needs for two weeks in a row and you don't speak, you know, you don't use your voice two weeks in a row and then you collapse in a heap and become very avoidant and need so much space and your partner's like, what the fuck is going on? That's just an example. If you have... Uh, given your needs away and and not under and 
gotten to a point of not understanding why it's an issue, you may not know how to set the boundary or what needs to change. However, when you're in this place of, I guess, understanding on, and even just trying to remember that you have at some stage felt really calm and content and that you do have these tools to allow yourself to feel like that and the awareness and the attunement to what you need and what has possibly caused you to feel uh, out of balance, feel really frustrated, really, you know, sad, um, tender, all of those sort of things that we can feel in relationship. I think the awareness around what what could have led to that is a really beautiful thing. And then the ability to communicate the boundary, okay, this is what I'm, this is what's going on for me. This is possible reason behind why, and this is what I need. And I think that that is so special um, and something that I constantly work on and constantly need to continue to work on is voicing my needs and not feeling responsible for the reaction of the other person. Um, And that's a whole thing within itself where we feel responsible for someone else's emotions, behaviors, thoughts. It's not ours to carry. We can support, but it's not ours to carry. And releasing yourself from that entanglement with their experiences and their reactions is a really important part of setting boundaries because I think that's one of the most important things when it comes to actually voicing and standing by our needs is the ability to just hold ourselves in that and not feel like it's the responsibility of us to manage or control or anticipate or navigate their reaction. Um, And it's also really important for our partner to know that as well. Um, So I definitely, that's something that I am really excited to get better at um, because it can be easier to ignore our needs, but um, it can seem easier in the moment. It never is. And having no, pretending you have no needs in relationship, in connection, in, you know, even within ourselves does not make us easier to love. It does not make us quote unquote, more relaxed, cool, strong, safe. It does not make us easier to love when we do not communicate our needs And if you genuinely don't have needs, my mind is blown, but all of us, to my knowledge, have needs and all of us have needs that we feel uncomfortable communicating to others. Um, And when we do that, when we repress things, when we hold things back or try and be a really nice contained version of ourselves, I mean, you guys know this, it always comes out in some way. Maybe we have a period where we don't actually know how to express what we feel. And so when someone's like, oh, okay, so what are you feeling? Like what's going on in your head? And we're laying there like, fuck, I don't know. I actually don't know. That can be an end product of betraying your needs and 
and holding your voice back when we need, you know, extensive amounts of time alone, instead of being able to navigate our own boundaries around someone else that can be an outcome. Um, and when I say these things, it's usually because I have done these things. (laughs) Um, that's a huge one that I've learned where I just, I just want to live my life. I want to do my thing. I want everyone to be okay. I don't want to have conflict. I feel stressed about conflict and I do everything in my power to make sure that everyone's emotional needs are met. Um, and in doing that, I can sometimes betray myself and it never just goes away. It comes out and like, I can, you know, be so disconnected and unaware of what I'm feeling that when someone says, well, what are you feeling? I can be like, fuck, I don't know. (laughs) I actually don't know. I don't have words for you right now. Um, which is huge because our emotional awareness and intelligence is such a like key tool for so many things. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I've gone a really long way around saying this, but being able to know ourselves, know what our needs are, communicate those needs and maintain those boundaries is really, really important and something that I have learnt while being on my own. And I think the other side to that is knowing where we have become too rigid in in that within ourselves. And I know that that's a next step of mine is knowing and integrating these things into relating instead of just holding down these things while single. Um, I think that the bravery that it takes to take your shit into a relationship, and I never even acknowledged this. I always just went in so blindly to take your shit into a relationship and make it work, not only make it work, but live with them, buy pets with them, have families with them. It's such a brave thing to do, um, to take all of your stuff in there. So I think the other side of that is knowing where you, you are feeling a bit rigid, where you are feeling like, no, I just have so many boundaries or you're feeling like you have raised the bar so high to protect yourself or, Um, You hold yourself back because you know that you want to um, only be in energetic environments that sit with you, different things like that. I guess the other side of that is noticing where it's become so rigid and you can feel yourself saying, when I do this, when I do this, when I do this, when I reach this stage and this amount of money do, um, you know, achieve this, I will... I will open myself up to the possibility of something new again. Um, I'm fully projecting my own stuff onto this conversation right now. I know that I, like many people, can get stuck in the, okay, when I have this all neat and sorted out, then I'll be ready. And when I have, you know, this understanding of myself, et cetera, et cetera. But that's something that I've been working through over the last year is where I actually just like drag myself over the coals to be the best version of myself um, as opposed to knowing that love happens <laughs> regardless of if we are the best version of ourselves and um, knowing that things aren't just a perfect, neat little package and that sometimes shit is really messy and sometimes that's the best part of it as well. So 
yeah, that sort of leads me to um, attachment styles, which is what I sort of touched on before in terms of feeling really rigid. Um, I just want to preface that attachment styles is a framework um, based on the attachment theory, which is, you know, really informed by how we were supported and nurtured when we were younger. Um, and then also there are different things that happen throughout our life, which do impact this as well. But, uh, when our brains are really malleable and developing when we're younger is normally when we begin to develop these patterns, these ways of relating, um, because we, we anticipate that that's going to be the safest way because we, like I said at the start, want to be loved, validated and accepted. We want to, at our core, be connected to someone. Um, and we do learn coping strategies along the way that then can fuck us over, but it feels like it's keeping us safe at the time because it's what we've learned and it's what we know. Um, so some of you guys may have heard the, I think it was season two at the start of season two, we did an episode on attachment styles with Tully O'Connor where we talked about um, things such as anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, um, secure attachment, and that's a whole other episode because, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of theory around that as well. But I think that the bit that I wanted to touch on today is where it's really important, I think, to at least know elements of ourselves and the other person when it comes to how they feel safest in relationships, even when it's not conducive to a healthy relationship, because that's part of knowing our shit, I think. Um, and we throw red flags around a lot. And I think that red flags exist, but I think it's the way that we speak about red flags, um, let alone the way that we are, uh, talking about being attracted to them constantly. The way that we speak about red flags is actually can be quite shaming. Um, and I think that the amount that I've heard, you know, this is a red flag of mine. This is a red flag of mine. Uh, the amount that I've heard that recently is, crazy. And I think that it's not often coming along with self-compassion and it also feels quite, uh, permanent. Whether as how I like to think of all of this is that it's our work and our shit that we're bringing to the table. And if you choose to with, you know, self-compassion and, and love sit at the table with your stuff and sort of unpack it a little bit and be like, Oh yeah, I kind of self-sabotage there. Oh, oh yeah, I um I really fucked it up with that person and they ended up being the one who got away or all that sort of thing to have the bravery to sit there with your stuff um inclusive of coming to the table and saying, "Yeah, I have a um like for an anxious attachment style example is, yeah, I do I do anticipate that someone is going to leave and I am um, constantly showing up in these uh, behaviors. For example, um, this isn't my attachment style, but I mean, I know a lot of people with this attachment style and um, quite a few of my clients do as well. They will do certain things that confirm 
in their mind, someone else's love for them. Um, so they may be needing extra like texts during the day, or they might need, um, I don't know, just that they have those, I guess, higher needs for communication or something like that, because it's to validate the fear within them that, um, or it's to support the fear, uh, that someone's going to leave or that their needs aren't going to be, um, met. So they will do certain things in that, in that instance and to bravely say, yeah, that's my shit. I'm working on that. I am working on validating myself and reassuring myself that if someone is going to leave, they will, they will communicate this to me. Or if someone is experiencing an issue that they will communicate this with me, I do not need to anticipate every small rejection and abandonment opportunity. Um, and for an avoidant attachment style, um, obviously this is just a framework it's not we aren't just our attachment styles but if someone's like demonstrating traits um of avoidance you might sit you might be sitting down with your shit and saying yeah I have a fear of conflict and I feel really stressed around it and I uh, will do what I need to avoid that so avoidance can often be perceived as like, I mean, I have heard on a podcast before that avoidance equals like, like they're the shit people and that's just crap. (laughs) Um, it's all about how we have learned to stay safe in the world. But if you are able to sit there and say, yeah, I experience a lot of guilt around a lot of guilt or fear around making someone feel like this or making someone feel um, or experiencing discomfort when I argue with someone. So I would prefer to leave or not have the argument rather than have the argument and experience that discomfort. That's a huge thing to be able to say. And I think to work on communicating it, but actually mainly just work on knowing where, knowing the, some of the patterns that can show up when your partner is trying to stay safe, like emotionally safe within themselves. Uh, some of the patterns that turn up as a means of, yeah, of staying safe and, um, feeling okay. That's a big one. Okay. I've just written bits and pieces down here that I want to get through with you guys. I'm actually really loving this conversation. I can also picture moments where I'm like, oh, I feel like my friend was going through that or I feel like um, this client's going through that. So I'm hoping that it's hitting home. Um, Okay. So this one's a big one. I sort of touched on it before, but when we when we start to look at, okay, where someone's stuff is theirs and our stuff is ours, I think that really is intertwined with um, knowing that forgiveness can actually sometimes be about forgiving yourself. So this is a big one that I learnt over the last, probably in the last year. first year was... (laughs) more of a getting to learn it 
um, the hard way. But over the last year, it's really softened softened into, okay, I was actually a big, I was half of this relationship. Um, And I brought certain things to the table. I chose certain things. I betrayed myself in certain ways. And regardless of feeling like I need to come to this place of forgiving others, I have realized where I've needed to forgive myself for letting myself be in certain situations in the first place. And I think that's a huge part of being on your own is realizing that we are all just learning. We are all just figuring it out. And that, you know, being really harsh to yourself all the time about something like this is not going to, is not going to support you. And the way to support yourself is just to remind yourself that our growth is never linear. I mean, this is one of the ways to support you. I don't want to tell you how to do it, but one of the ways could be reminding yourself that growth isn't always linear and we don't know what we know until we know it. And sometimes people come along to show us parts of ourselves. And then when we know, we know. And then the even braver thing is to use that information that we then know and set the boundary for next time, communicate the need for next time. I think that learning to forgive yourself and hold yourself through your shit, regardless of if it's perfect, regardless of if you are, you know, writing a novel on heartbreak to actually just sit with yourself in the mess and allow yourself to know that you were doing your best, reminding yourself that you're a good person and reminding yourself that you will forgive yourself and you can forgive yourself for allowing yourself to be taken off your path, so to speak, or to go to the extremes that you went to. Um, And on that note, being able to learn how to soothe yourself during those times is really, really important because if we have come from a relationship that whether there's codependency involved or a lot of, um, a lot of co-regulating occurring where we experience the emotions that others are experiencing, or we take on responsibility for what others are thinking, et cetera, et cetera, we can begin to rely on someone else to calm us down or motivate us or support us. And, it feels like they're the safe home for us, but we are a safe home within ourselves first. Our body, our heart, our mind is ours first. And if we let that burn down, we have nothing left. And then we wonder why we feel mad. <laughs> why we wonder we wonder why we feel like we're going crazy. But if you aren't maintaining your home, your garden first before pouring it into someone else, we are going to see issues arise in our relationships. And I've experienced that just so many times, (laughs) a crazy amount of times in the past. So learning to, and I think we've spoken about this in another episode as well, learning to self-soothe your emotions and be with yourself. Um, and motivate yourself and be that validation for you is a really beautiful thing and can also stop you from 
seeking out that support in the wrong places and feeling yourself be let down. Um, And that's not saying be completely unattached. Um, It's not saying be unattached at all, actually, or to ignore love or to um, betray your needs for connection and love and affection. But it it can show you where you can meet your needs in a way that you thought only others could. So you can do things that make yourself happy and yourself proud without telling anyone else. You can allow yourself to cry and have it out of your system and um, pick yourself up off the floor. There are so many things that add to your self-trust jar when we do them. And it's no wonder that when we've relied on someone else to fill these needs for us or if they've relied on us to fulfill their needs and we've spent all of our time supporting them, that we begin to, we can begin to forget that we have like so much power within ourselves to do that for us. Um, Yeah, I just really wanted to say that because I know that I have been in the position before where I'm like, I don't know, I actually don't know where to start here. Um, And sometimes we do need to hit that point of feeling so low that we are so up against it that it's like this instinctual voice kicks in and we finally start to listen and we finally start to pick ourselves up off the floor and get clear on what it is that we want and what it is we deserve and actually commit to something that feels really, really good. That can be a really tricky one to get to. And we can also do a lot of things in our world to avoid having to get to that place, to avoid feeling pain, to avoid um, having the hard conversations and things like that. But what happens in the end is it eventually catches up with us. We never feel like we do, but we can rack up this debt to, (laughs) I don't know who it is, to emotion or something like that where our stuff is with us and whether we integrate it or not, whether we process it and express it is up to us. Um, But if we're not processing it and expressing it in a way that feels good for us, it can come out in a way that feels pretty terrible. Um... Yeah. So this is another one. So a really big one is saying no to things that just don't align with you anymore. Um, I think that that's a really big lesson while I've been on my own is where it used to feel like an effort. Now I, now I can feel what feels right or wrong. Um, and I can say no as a practice. I can so clearly remember how, hard I used to find it to say no when I was younger and and also we often when we're younger aren't in positions where it's like we're not I don't know the power is taken away from us at some in some parts of our life and it almost feels like no isn't an option um yeah and so to have that freedom or to have the bravery to say no um, and to to do it gracefully and to communicate what feels right versus wrong for us is so cool and saves so much heartache and also 
can make us really, really proud. Because we're like, oh my God, my gut instinct told me what I need and I follow through on it. I think that's a really special thing. While being on my own, I, and I'm sure you guys have noticed where we just really take in our friends and family. And there is a point when we're fresh out of a breakup where I remember a point where the pain was too much. I couldn't soothe it on my own. And we can often preach self-soothing to someone who needs a community. And that's a missing piece. We cannot do it on our own all the time. And having those connections and love to lean on in times like that is just so precious. And I think we can need a bit of a reminder sometimes that our friendships and family connections need watering and nurturing in the same way that our relationships do our, you know, our romantic relationships. If you feel like you can lose yourself or lose your connections while you're in a relationship or you feel like you have to do that to maintain it, it's something to be wary of because our, our people are often there when things can be so rough and we can feel so grateful for them in that moment. Um, but I think I've really just learned that I feel like I'm constantly surrounded by this like bubble of gratitude (laughs) for my friends now and my family. Um, and I will just send them. I just feel like I've gotten to the point in my life where life is too short to not message your friends on, you know, a night out or, when you're drinking tea at 4 p.m. or when you're, um, I don't know, doing so many different things. Life is too short to not message or let the people that you love know that you love them and to practice gratitude for that. And I, I always knew this. That's something I've always known. But just being on my own and seeing how friendships can become like family and how important that is has been a really yeah, just a great reminder. Um, I, okay. So there's two parts to this next one. Being on my own has given me time to critically reflect on how I contributed to my past relationship because we all contribute. (laughs) We all want to think that we are like, you know, our hands are so clean and we didn't, you know, bring any of our baggage in, but we did you did. And the second part to that is time to pay respect to the good parts of the relationship. Um, and that definitely didn't come around really quickly. I needed lots of time to, um, to heal from a lot of different things before I did this. But at the start of this year, I just wrote down all of the things that I'm really grateful for, for my past relationships and, um, the good parts and, to actually just send some version of lovely love isn't the right word, but some nice feelings to people who I have related with, um, to thank them for those good parts, because while there have been 
with all of us. While there have been the rough parts, there are always the good parts that come along. Um, and to appreciate that has been really healing for me. Um, and it doesn't, I think for me, it, it was realizing that appreciating those parts does not continue the hold that they have over you. It, it actually in a way releases you and yeah. So when I look, when I, I'm just going to go back to that previous one. So time to critically reflect on how you contributed. So I like, I remember I was playing We're Not Really Strangers with someone and um, it's this game. Well, it's sort of a game and it's got this, it's a deck of cards. It's the best. It's got a deck of cards and it asks you just really big, beautiful questions to start conversations or you can use them as journal prompts. And one of them was like, um, what could you apologize for in your previous relationship? And we were both like, fuck me. No, (laughs) I don't want to answer this. Um, but it was really, really healing actually to look at, okay, well, yeah, I, I should have voiced that then I should have done that then I, I could have been more of this then. And it's not slamming yourself for not doing better. It's acknowledging that you are human and that we do fuck up and that we do have stuff to work on constantly And it does take work to relate to others. It does take work to be in love. And we all know this. Um, And I think that to actually sit there and be like, all right, what part did I bring is a really, a really big thing to be able to do and can really serve you for, um, for being on your own and understanding how you relate to others, but also for a possible future relationship, knowing, okay, yeah, I, I sometimes do this. This is my work. This is what I'm working on. Um, yeah, can be a very relaxing thing to have that awareness. Okay, we're, we're coming to a close, you guys. This has been just like such a nice, um, for me anyway, so nice to be able to talk about this stuff. Another one is noticing where you're stuck in the same story over and over again, and then you're living it out. So obviously our thoughts, Um, impact our emotions and our behavior if our ego or our limiting beliefs or our fear or our doubt or worry continue to play out the story of I mean there's so many stories that can play out people can't be trusted people leave people cheat people lie Um, I can't be trusted I can't be um I can't be how I can't ever feel fulfilled in a relationship. No one can meet my needs. People aren't supportive enough. There's so many stories that we can bring into relationships and even, even not relationships, but just connecting with others. And we can feel them when they rise that you couldn't feel my needs here or no, nah, I, I know that I would do this here. When we live into that story and repeat it over and over again, if you like map it all out on a piece of paper, you see where it leads you to the same place each and every time, which when you sit down and in your heart of hearts, talk about what you want, it often doesn't match up with where your where these patterns and sort of dysfunctional ways of uh, showing up can lead you to. So if you are believing that, um, 
that everything ends or that people can't be trusted, for example, and you close yourself off as a result because you feel like it's safer to just do your own thing, then you... So, okay, I'm speaking from experience here. When I closed myself off, um, it was because I felt safer to do so. And that served me at that time. It was necessary at that time and and actually lasted longer than I expected it to. That feeling of um, not softening and I wrote about this earlier this year that I am a soft person so to feel protected and guarded and standoffish and avoidant for so long actually felt really I felt like I was constantly at odds with myself and knowing that deep down at the end of the day I love love and want love like everyone else does which the the tightness in my chest that is caused by me saying that because I have learned over time this is my one of my stories I've learned that it's safer to deny that to deny love and to deny needs I've learned it's safer to do that but it's not actually it's just this pattern that I've learned that it's safer to just be cool calm and collected and to not want that to so to actually say out loud that I'm soft enough right now after two years of working on my shit and figuring things out. I'm soft enough to be just the smallest bit open to possibility, not, not expectation or a certain thing or place or person or feeling, but just possibility. And for that to not be closed off and for there to be a possibility of something new is a really lovely feeling slash really scary feeling. But I realized really recently actually where living in the same story in my head plays out in my life over and over again and it doesn't get me where I want. When I am avoidant, when I keep people at bay, when I um, you know, relate with people who are just reflecting my avoidance, I keep myself in this place of being like, yeah, I don't know, I just feel like meeting someone isn't for me. I feel like love isn't for me. I feel like I don't need that. When I keep myself stuck in that, I end up in this place of the complete opposite end of what I want. And the awareness around that story has been really, really cool for me. Um, Slash scary because I have softened in this way, (laughs) in this way. And um, yeah, that's my next chapter in my life is knowing that I have my own back while I'm soft it's not my defense mechanisms that keep me safe it's my having my back knowing my needs knowing my boundaries knowing that I can communicate them that will hold me down and on that note to feel my heart soften for the right reasons I'm sure you've all felt before when you can feel you want something and you don't know if it's for the right reasons. You know, if it's being flooded by adrenaline and oxytocin and excitement and or chaos. To feel myself soften and know what's right for me and know that it's happening for the right reasons is a really lovely thing. And 
to have the awareness that connection and relating and love, while it can be really, really messy, it's not meant to break you and, or maybe in all the right ways, (laughs) it's not meant to, it can feel warm and soft and like you have met your person without it being really chaotic and toxic and um, dysfunctional for lack of a better word so I feel like that softening I feel soft even saying it which is really lovely that softening for the right reasons instead of diving headfirst into the next thing because I felt like I needed to Um, and that's a whole other conversation why we feel like we need to run and need to move quickly without staying with ourselves is a whole other conversation so I think that's a really big one that I want to communicate to you guys is to feel in tune with yourself enough to know to know that they could be your person or people however you want to um however you want to relate they could be there could be something there that is really right and really wonderful and soft and safe and I think that that is I mean these are all baby words I have never said a lot of these um, words out loud because this is not what we focus on with my clients Um, and I don't often talk about this with my friends either So there's all baby words, but this especially, that softening is a beautiful thing and something that we can, I can say, (laughs) finally, that we can get to if we hold ourselves in a way and experience life in a way that allows us the safety to open up even in the smallest of ways which is a really lovely feeling. (laughs) Okay, my loves, I'm going to love you and leave you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that if you are navigating being on your own, if you're newly on your own, if you are thinking about opening up to a new relationship, that this has provided even one sentence of helpful um, insight because... Yeah, that would just make my day. I will see you on episode on our next episode of the podcast very very soon and yeah. Bye guys. <laughs>